Good morning, Christ City. My name is Gareth. If my wife Van and I do not yet know you, we would really love to. Please do send an email, gareth at christcitychurch.ca. It's my privilege to preach from God's Word this morning, but before we do that together, let's just spend a moment to prepare our hearts and minds in prayer. Gracious God, we thank you for your Word this morning. I just pray that you would guard my lips as I speak. You would open our hearts and minds to receive what you have for us. In the mighty name of your Son, Jesus. Amen. Recently, Van and I watched a Christmas movie called Klaus. You may have seen it on Netflix. It's a brilliantly animated film which aims to retell the origins of Santa and gift-giving and some of the other Christmas traditions. The film focuses on a young man named Jesper. And Jesper is from a very wealthy family. He's just the luxury and silk sheets and caviar. And Jesper thinks this is what it is to live the good life. To be at rest is to have material wealth freedom from work, and excess comfort. Near the beginning, Jasper gets himself into some serious trouble, and as a punishment, his dad sends him away to a remote land that has none of the security and the wealth that Jasper had before. He finds himself in an isolated, disenfranchised little town. It's a place of disorder and chaos and mess, and Jasper longs for his former life of luxury. After some time, some transformations begin to happen, and Jesper gets to play a part. And it begins with the joy of children receiving gifts. And soon, this joy begins to spread to the whole town. Relationships begin to heal. Peace begins to be established, and there's a sense of hope that begins to fill the town. Things begin to be the way they're meant to be. And as this happens, Jesper realizes he doesn't want to go back home. And he realizes rest is not achieved through indulgence and luxury and escape or the freedom from responsibility that he had in his former life. Rest is achieved when things are rightly ordered, when things are the way they're meant to be. Right now, we know all too well things are not as they're meant to be. And like Jasper, we want to be at rest, don't we? And this story should cause us to ask some questions. What is rest truly? What does it look like for us to pursue rest? Has even Christmas given you the rest that you long for? Scripture has a lot to say on the topic of rest. And the main way that it refers to rest is through the idea of the Sabbath. Now, when I say that word Sabbath, you probably have some ideas that pop into your head already. Relaxation, freedom from the daily tasks of life, maybe stress-free for a time. And you'd be somewhat right. At its most basic, the Hebrew word for Sabbath, the word Shabbat, means to cease from or to stop. But maybe this definition of Sabbath can be expanded Perhaps what we seek for when we seek for rest is something more than a day off work in our comfortable clothes. And as we will see, the Sabbath is not just about weekly rest, but all and final rest. The Sabbath is the rest that we long for. Let me say that again. Sabbath 
is the rest that we long for. As we look at several texts today, we're going to see two ways in which this is true. First, we're going to look at the nature of rest, and then secondly, the future of rest. The nature of rest and the future of rest. And we're going to see three ways in which Scripture shows us the nature of rest. There's God's presence, God's order in creation, and God's ambassadors. If you have your Bibles at hand, follow with me as we look at Genesis 1 and 2 together. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. He separated the light from the darkness. And God called the light day and the darkness night. And there was evening and there was morning the first day. And then God said, let there be an expanse. And it was so. And God called the expanse heaven. And there was evening and there was morning the second day. And God said, let there be dry land and waters and vegetation and trees. And there was evening and there was morning the third day. And God made two great lights, one to rule over the day and one to rule over the night. And there was evening and there was morning the fourth day. And God created living creatures, humans in his own image. And there was evening and there was morning, evening and morning the fifth and sixth days. And behold, it was very good. And then we get to the seventh day. Genesis 2, verses 1 to 3. Thus the heavens and the earth were finished, and all the host of them. And on the seventh day God finished his work that he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all the work that he had done. So God blessed the seventh day and made it holy, because on it, God rested from all his work that he had done in creation. Up until this point, from the first moment God created time, he had been designing and implementing, working and crafting, creating and forming all of his creation. But on this day, the seventh day, he rested. It's that word Shabbat again. God stopped, God Sabbath. He finished his work. Now, most commentators agree here that God's resting, his stopping, is meant to indicate to us that God is dwelling in his creation. He gives his presence to it. And not just his creation, but his creatures also. God's people are there in the garden with him, man and woman in his image, created to be at rest in the presence of God. And so the simple thing to point out here is that rest looks like being in God's presence. To be most at rest is to be in the presence of God. The former U.S. golfer, George Archer, was once asked, what would he do during his retirement? And Archer said, baseball players finish playing and they take up golf. Basketball players finish their careers and they take up golf. Football, f- football players retire and they take up golf. What are we supposed to do when we finish? The answer is as simple as it is obvious. Keep on playing. And we could ask ourselves the same question when it comes to God's presence. And the answer would be similar. We do not retire from God's presence. 
when we seek to rest. We keep on seeking his presence in our rest. We are like golfers who keep on golfing. Christ City, when we seek to find rest, do we go towards God's presence or do we move from it? Do we take breaks from our faith or are we cultivating a relationship with God that makes us want to run to him for our rest? What or who do we look to to find rest? God's first Sabbath shows us that the very nature of rest is to be in his presence. But rest is also when things in creation are as they should be. When things are rightly ordered, God's order in creation is key to rest. To the Israelite mind, the number seven symbolized completion and wholeness and right orientation. It symbolized the way things were meant to be. So when God finished his creation on the seventh day and not another day, it indicated that creation was whole and right. The land and the sea and the plants and the animals and humans in God's image, it was all the way it was meant to be, and God was in right relationship with it. It was good and very good. It's like those times that you see joy on the face of a child, or when you settled an argument with a friend, or when the Canucks are in the Stanley Cup. Things are as they should be. Creation functioning as it should. It's important to see this because the Sabbath, the seventh day rest, is about creation being ordered as it should be and God being in right relationship to it. So, Sabbath rest, as we've seen, is about God being in relationship with his creation and about the right ordering of things. But what was the role of humanity at the beginning? What was the role of the first humans in this first Sabbath, in this place of rest? Well, in Genesis 2.15, we read this. The Lord took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and keep it. Now, back in verse 8, we've already seen that the man is in the garden. So why say it again? Well, the point is to emphasize some of the details of what it means for humans to be at rest in God's presence. Now, people much smarter than I have pointed and highlighted that the word put him, or the word translated put him, is this Hebrew word nuach. And what this word is, is trying to communicate is a sense of full abiding residence. Abiding, being at home, settled, rested. And so just as God rested in the garden on the first Sabbath, so man is rested into the garden with him. And verse 15 continues saying that God rested Adam into the garden of Eden to work it and to keep it. These are the same words used when scripture talks of priests attending to their duties in the temple. There's a sense of purpose and intent to the rest. This rest is not a ceasing from all acts, but a rightful engagement in the way of things. Humans are meant to be ambassadors of God's rest, meant to cultivate and take care of the garden they were placed in. 
With carefulness, they were to enlarge it, to produce more of it, to expand it, to take God's presence out into the world. And since the garden did not cover the whole of the earth, they were tasked with bringing rest to all of creation, multiplying themselves as they lived in obedience to God. This rest is an expanding kind of rest. It's not just a rest for you and me, but for everybody. And as a day with no boundaries, no evening or morning, the seventh day becomes like a day with no end. As though the Sabbath rest was intended to be the way things were in time for all of time. God's presence ordered creation for eternity. Now, church, it raises some questions for us. Are we bringing others into his rest with us? Are we taking up the role God has assigned to us? Are we cultivating rest for those around us? Christ City, already in these first chapters of Scripture, we might be beginning to see that rest is bigger than comfort or escape, or even just stopping from daily work. In this first Sabbath, we find that rest is when God's presence is with humanity, when creation was whole and complete and ordered, and humanity was expanding the way things were meant to be, from Eden out into all the world for all the days to come. And on this occasion, the first Sabbath, we see something called holy for the first time. And it's remarkable, isn't it, that it's not an object or a person, but time. God blessed the seventh day and made it holy. The Jewish philosopher and rabbi Abraham Heschel said, When history began, there was only one holiness in the world, holiness in time. This is really what our hearts desire when we desire rest. This is what true rest is, God's presence, the right ordering of things, wholeness for eternity, holy time. Sabbath is the rest that our heart longs for. Now listen, I am not going to tell you that we ought to apply this by unsubscribing from Netflix. For one thing, I wouldn't have any illustrations. I'm saying, what kind of rest are you pursuing when you do watch it? Do you use it to the exclusion of time in God's presence? Do you use it to avoid addressing the things in your life that are not as they are supposed to be? Do you use it for escape and excess comfort? Or are you inviting others into that rest with you? Christ City, do you know that? That whatever your situation, do you know what rest is meant to look like? Do you have a vision for being at rest? Now, the first Sabbath of God in the garden shows us what rest is meant to be like. But what are we meant to do now? Well, consider with me our second point, the future of rest. We know things didn't stay holy. Sabbath rest did not go on for an eternity. The decreative presence of sin entered God's good world. And because of human sin... God removed his presence from creation. Work became laborious. Humans were not at peace with one another. And things were definitely not as they were meant to be. 
And for a time, God gives his people the Sabbath command, which we read about in Exodus 20 and Deuteronomy 5. These laws are to be kept in order to both remember a time in the past when God's presence was with his creation and things were ordered and right and good, but also to look forward to a future when once again all things would be well. Look with me at the Sabbath command in Deuteronomy 5 to see what I mean. Observe the Sabbath day to keep it holy, as the Lord your God commanded you. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, you or your son or your daughter or your male servant or your female servant or your ox or your donkey or any of your livestock or the sojourner who is within your gates, that your male servant and your female servant may rest as well as you. You shall remember that you were a slave in the land of Egypt, And the Lord your God brought you out with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. Therefore, the Lord your God commanded you to keep the Sabbath day. God asks them to keep the Sabbath, to observe it, because they were freed from slavery. And that the slaves that they now keep would be able to find rest as they do. The direction is one of liberation and expansion. God says, you were a slave and I freed you. These people are slaves. And for at least one day in seven, they shall rest as you do. The whole community is to be at rest. Therefore, for this reason, observe the Sabbath. In this way, even as they remember the rest of the past, God's people are caught up in imagining a future where all will be free from the chains of sin and slavery. Sabbath rest has an eye on the future where all will be made well. And as the people of God who live now on this side of the cross of Jesus, we, the church, don't just have an eye on the future. We are a living, breathing version of Sabbath rest in the present. Let me show you what I mean. Let's look at Mark chapter 16 together. When the Sabbath was passed, Mary Magdalene, the mother of James, and Salome brought spices so that they might go and anoint him. And very, very early on the first day of the week, when the sun had risen, they went to the tomb. And they were saying to one another, Who will roll away the stone for us from the entrance of the tomb? And looking up, they saw that the stone had been rolled back. It was very large. And entering the tomb, they saw a young man sitting on the right side, dressed in a white robe, and they were alarmed. And he said to them, Do not be alarmed. You seek Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified. He has risen. He is not here See the place where they laid him. Christ City, this is an incredible reality. Jesus, God made flesh, died for the sins of the world and defeated the power of death in his resurrection on the Sabbath. What Jesus achieves in his death and resurrection is the Sabbath rest that we long for. The rest that we're looking back to In the beginning, God's presence with his people, a rightly ordered creation. In bringing forgiveness of sin through the cross and taking upon himself the judgment that we deserve, 
Jesus made a way for humanity to be in right relationship with God again. God can once again give his presence to his people. It's why Jesus can promise in John 14, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever, even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. Jesus restores us to God's presence in the garden, Sabbath rest. And in defeating the power of sin and death in his resurrection, Jesus puts back to rights a disordered creation. And we who call Jesus Lord and Savior have ourselves become a new creation. We share in his resurrection. It's why Paul can say in 2 Corinthians, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. Christ city, by his resurrection, Jesus began to put right creation. And we are raised to new life in him. As we share in his resurrection, we become new creations in the image of Christ a people who can share in the future a new heaven and a new earth. And you, if you have acknowledged today Jesus' life and work for you, you have rest today because Jesus has made you part of that new creation. A new creation that Revelation 21 describes as a place where God is with man he will dwell with them and they will be his people and God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning nor crying nor pain anymore for the former things have passed away. Friends, this is Sabbath rest. This is the eternal life in which we get to now share God's presence with his people, Christ in you, the hope of glory, a rightly ordered new creation, free from sin and death. Now, I know you may still be asking, what does this look like in our daily lives? How does this change the way, our li the way I live? What is our role as the church? Well, friends, just as he asked Adam and Eve to be his ambassadors in the garden, we too are asked to be ambassadors. After Paul has told the Corinthians that they are a new creation, he goes on to say this, Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal through us. We implore you, on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. To be an ambassador is like working at the British Embassy in Vancouver, a consulate, a territory of another place, and yet inside existing within Canada. In the same way, you are an outpost for another kingdom, an ambassador to another place, a kingdom of new created beings, Christians, the people of God, the church. As Christ's ambassadors, God uses you and me to make his appeal to the world, to witness to the love and grace, his presence coming 
in his new creation kingdom. Christ City, as we live into our role as ambassadors for Christ, Sabbath rest is available for us today. If you've been striving for rest in this season by any other means than abiding in Christ, I am here to tell you, run to him instead. Abide in him, rest in him, and as you do, take the Spirit of God with you out into a weary world. These are the options before us. Either you're doing Sabbath rest as a new creation, one for you in Christ Jesus, or you're a slave to the decay and death of the world we find ourselves in. Either you ignore that unresolved conflict with your wife or you address it. Either you keep on hiding that sin or you bring it into the light. Either you keep a record of wrongs or you're learning to love. Church, we are ambassadors for one kingdom or another. It's God's presence or new presence. It's new creation or old world. It's Sabbath rest or eternal striving. Rest is being in God's presence by his spirit. Rest is a rightly ordered creation which God has initiated in you, his new creation. Rest is being an ambassador for the coming kingdom in this world. Christ City, the ultimate rest at the end of all things has already been launched and is already at work through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. If you find yourself as a part of his church today, you get to play a role in bringing this good news of rest to a restless world. Church, as you think upon these truths today, may it also be true that you find Sabbath rest in Jesus. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your word this morning. Lord, by your Spirit, would you help us to pursue rest in your presence? Would you help us to live as new creations in the world we find ourselves in, to be in this world, but not of it? May we point to your coming kingdom, to your love and grace. In Jesus' name, amen.